Hello out there. This week in Marvel, this is Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh joining you uh, for a special installment of This Week in Marvel. This week, I am joined by Glenn Hetrick from Alchemy Studios and Face Off. And Face Off, uh, which airs on Sci-Fi, is coming back for season ten. It is, and that the season premiered last night, Wednesday night, the thirteenth, uh, and it airs Wednesday nights at what time on Sci-Fi? Nine. nine. nine we move back to nine. Yeah. We move it, back to moved, nine. It's moved around a little bit, so yeah, Wednesday's at nine. And it's th- the amount of seasons that you guys crank out. It's crazy. Because you, you're up to, what, two, three seasons a year? Two in, in a lot of the years. Yeah, but I don't notice, to be honest with you. Like, it's it's such a cool job. I can't believe we get paid to show up there. I mean, I, I just love makeup so much. And um, all told, it's, it's about half of my year, you know, six months or something, you're, you're going in and, and doing episodes. But it, it has never and will never feel laborious to me. Uh, it's ten, and that sounds like a lot. And it certainly is a lot of episodes. It... It feels like we're just one or two into it, and like every day, I can't wait to get in there. And we don't know what the challenges are. Oh, really? But very, very much intentionally so. That yeah, is, that is orchestrated and engineered um, with intent by our extremely talented producers because they want us to have fresh eyes. They don't want us to come in, um, and uh, you know, we also don't see any of the behind the scenes, which really doesn't air that much. The first season had a bit of it. It's formulaic for reality to have this BS sort of uh, antithetical conflict within the house and to focus on it, and it's very negative. Yeah. Our show's not. It's a very positive show. It's about creativity, and um, what's really cool about that is my original point is we don't see that. So we don't know what they're like. We don't see. Or the see. struggles were. I see it yeah. when you do. Yeah. You know, if there is any of that, including the stuff in the in the lab, I see it when you guys do when the show airs. And I love that because um, it, it not only allows us to focus just on the work, it is also, um, I think, very organically change the energy of the show it's it's unique in the reality world because it's so sincere because it's so genuine and that again is is left to the genius of our producers now you have competitors with a lot on the line hundred thousand dollars a car big bump to their career tons of makeup supplies they're helping each other so we've engendered this sort of um this paradigm on the show and it's very fertile ground for them to to work creatively because it's it's sort of a safe environment, which is very difficult. It's a very difficult thing the producers did there, and not having it be a backstabbing contest. Everyone's yeah. are helping each other. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I don't watch much TV, and it's it's help. You know, sometimes you see a, a preview for reality television, and it's oh man, I need to tune in to see what kind of train wreck happens between two right. human beings. Face off is just such a positive. Atmosphere, such an encouraging environment that you see all the work that these people do and you see them feeding off of each other. It makes you want to turn off the TV and order, you know, a special effects makeup book and do it on your own. That, that even is, though you know you won't quite accomplish <laughs> you what, will, what is with done. With practice, you yeah. will. No, um, I, I, one of the greatest dividends of that approach, and again, this is, this is 
Mission Control, Dwight and Derek uh, working with our amazing producers at Sci-Fi, and we're part of the NBC Uni family. Like, just from the top down, there's a really cool vibe on our show, and everyone, it's so healthy, and it's so, I've worked on so many films, so many television shows. It's not always like that, not because people are bad people, it's just there's a lot of pressure. It, it can be a very difficult industry to work in right and then when you take that and truncate the schedule to just two days and then you put money on the line you would expect this to go horribly in terms of the way people behave right but um through the very careful curating of our producers and and derek atherton those guys have made the show what they wanted it to be and so they have in their backgrounds they have shows like um, other creative shows like project runway and top chef that they worked on and i think they learned a lot there yeah. in terms of like that's it's just great to let creative people create and so because the show is like that what i was going to say is one of the greatest dividends and certainly i did not see it going this long when i started certainly i did not see uh, see it having a profound impact, and yet it has. And so yeah. when I'm at convention signing or something, which I don't get to do often, uh, it's so rad to see young kids with their families that aren't into horror, that have never been to a horror convention. Yeah. And because one of us is there, they're coming out to stand in line to say hi, and inexorably, it's the same story. Our kids love the show because of the art, and then the parents get hooked on the competition which is incredible. And yeah. now they have something to watch together. But most importantly, it's engaging children in art. They're, they're oh, picking yeah. up drawing materials and clay and learning how to sculpt and paint and draw because they love the show. That's awesome. That's so much bigger than I had ever hoped it would Absolutely. Be. And, and uh, this kind of works because I was going to say you have folks like – I believe it was Dina in season eight who won – and was a cake decorator. She was, yes. Like she, she just got into it because she was a cake decorator. So you have all these different people, all these different types of artists who don't necessarily know what their calling is, and then when they apply themselves differently, they unlock all of these skills. Uh, so for you personally, <laughs> like up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for you personally, what was your kind of artistic trajectory? Did you plan to go one direction, and then special effects just kind of took over? Um, first, I have to say about Dina, she was she was one of the most unique, and that's what's so cool about watching the show. I mean, we're, we, yeah, we have to comment, but it's like you're getting paid to watch. But you guys will see a few months later, and I get to watch it live. It's yeah. so cool. So she was able to alter a skill set that she had, um, and she ended up using a lot of like piping techniques, like cake decorating techniques, right. to to create like a rapidity to a design that would take hours to sculpt. Yeah, and that's so cool to see someone. Uh, just mutate their own skill set in, into a creature design thing. And so, like, we're at a point where I'm actually seeing things that I've not seen before. I've right. not thought, like, I've never seen anyone do it. Yeah. Um, and, and as far as my beginnings, yeah, it's always been. Um, almost to the point where when I'm asked, like, you know, how hard was it to get into it? And um, it, it wasn't a choice. I've never had in my mind it's it's a very faded thing um it's manifest destiny like i have never thought about doing anything but so as a young kid i grew up watching adam west batman the 60s spider-man cartoon right and um and hammer movies on the weekends because yeah. i yeah. grew up in pennsylvania so okay. we got broadcast from manhattan and philly yeah and they would play the christopher lee peter cushing hammer films yep I did not realize at that age that those guys weren't doing their own makeup. So I, I fell passionately in love with both acting and makeup effects and have pursued uh, simultaneously both of those things um, 
to the exclusion of almost anything else. You, you, I, I won't speak with you about sports because I know nothing about sports. You, and I would, I would smile and nod and <laughs> yeah. have no idea what you're talking about. It's obsession. Yeah. It's yeah. like there's never been another choice. So, of course, uh, it's very difficult. It's a very competitive industry, and, and I've had different jobs. I have a degree in speech communications. Okay. Um, mainly because... When I um, got to the age where I could go off to university, I kind of said, hey, I want to be an actor. And my parents said, no. Like, that was a steel worker, right? They said, no, you're going to get a real job, a real yeah. degree. So uh, you're at college looking at the curriculum, and I kind of went, what major can I take that will allow me to stealthily take as many theater <laughs> right, lectures yeah, as possible? Yeah. And that's what it was, right. Um But again, you start to – I very much believe in, in – the way that energy works is if you're on your path, if you're on your orbit, uh, things that seem like obstacles will will prove themselves to be a boon to what it is that you would later do. So that decision um, enabled me to, upon graduating, I had taken all these high-level persuasion, public relations courses, and so I have a degree in PR and, and persuasion. That public speaking skill set um, – was as important later when I became a supervisor and suddenly you're in a room with directors and producers and writers that you're in awe of and you have to take extremely um, ephemeral, fleeting, intangible concepts that are being spoken in a room. Right. Pull them out of four different people who have completely different visions but didn't know it. Yeah. Synthesize them into one thing. Then using words, go back to a team of incredible artists. And it is a team. It is not me. <laughs> right, it's, yeah. It's we. And get them on the same page to build that stuff and get in front of the camera in two or three weeks. Without my degree, absolutely no way would I have ever gone to supervisor or owner of a studio. So in a way, it was exactly what I needed to do. Now, while I'm doing that, while I'm in high school and college, and of course after I, I did all the things that people do to – Make ends meet. I've yeah. bartended. I've I worked in a carnival for years. One of my friends owned a, his dad owned some kitty rides, so I yeah. got tickets and anything I had to do to make money. But the every minute was spent um, first working with like resin model kits of Predator and Alien, right? Then playing with makeups and and then eventually doing a ton of independent films. Then working um, in the Pennsylvania, you know, East Coast, Manhattan, Philly area on stuff like. Uh, videos for the misfits and touring with typo negative for a couple dates and doing some full G zombies and to the point where you just go there's no room for me to grow here and you move to la yeah and then i started basically sweeping floors and, and carrying molds around at optic nerve the shop that i would eventually uh, go on to own but that's right. where it started that was my first job here in the late 90s I, i'm a dyed in the wool marvel and i'm not saying that because of where we are <laughs> uh, not because you're holding a microphone that, that says, says marvel, marvel yeah, yeah, yeah literally um no, I, I just grew up absolutely gorging myself on that stuff. And then uh, very fortunate, there's a serendipity, and again, I think it's energy and, and manifesting. When I was in college, um, I had sort of not had the opportunity to collect for a while. Right. And then I, and that, so like around the late 80s, early 90s, um, I ended up rooming with a guy who was like mega 
He lived on Long Island, which is a great place to collect comics. If you're yeah. into comics and horror movies, great conventions every weekend, flea markets. So he got me back in, and, and then it got really crazy. Yeah. Like, then I was collecting multiples of every book. And I remember there's, like, a, a Vermin versus Spider-Man, and they were through these Ash Can editions with, like, they were polybagged with pods right, in yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And you get, like, three of each. So I, like... Every Marvel, th- that 90s is a huge part. And there was a huge surge then, yeah. It, it, it is instrumental to my aesthetic, to my creative development. W- was like Ghost Rider, Midnight Suns era, uh, all that stuff with Doctor Strange and, and Darkhold. And love that stuff. I, I love the art at that time. And I really love the storytelling at yeah. that time. It was so uh, carefully threaded between all the different titles. It didn't feel... Like they were trying to get you to read every title in the Marvel right, universe, but yeah. it happened quite effortlessly. You start with one book, and then you're collecting every X Men, every Ghost Rider, every every everything. And I lo- I still have all that stuff. And it, it definitely there was a shift in like the the late '80s, or early '90s, where it started with a tonal darkness and yeah. grittiness with with Frank Miller and what he was doing, and then that turned into. Uh, more narrative darkness with like Spider-Man when Todd McFarlane came in and the the black suit Spider-Man awesome. and th- so then it just turned into yeah you got to see this surge of Ghost Rider and just these 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 really demonic forces and uh, uh, it was a crazy time <laughs> also very adult uh, not in in terms of the rating just adult in terms of the cerebral nature of the material there's a, a a storyline there with like, like lizards been around forever. I had the lizard Mego when I was a kid. So Connors has been around forever, right? And like, in some ways, uh, I think that stuff's even more adult and, and dark than some of the things they're doing in the MCU theatrically. Right. Uh, at that time, it's that darkness. So there was like a, a multiple part series where they, they just did a lizard storyline. Right. And like, he could hear the, the, drums like voodoo drums thumping in his head yeah it was written so spooky it was almost like a different character like the lizard was so realistic and i love the 90s i, I just went back and some things i didn't have i started filling holes in oh like really a, yeah i bought a whole run of web so i just had yeah. every single web up. i <laughs> right. love web i love it yeah and and, and also the x books like x force <clears throat> life fields run on x force and stuff like that and uh Texera's work on Ghost Rider. Those, oh, yeah. those are like hallmark moments to me. Yeah, and it, it, it is. You're right, talking about like, uh, you know, the lizard existed for a while, but the way they were able to reinvent uh, that character, we, back in October, we took a whole bunch of the, the Kirby classic monsters that when Kirby first introduced them, they were campy and kind of silly. And then for all these different titles, we had variant covers where artists could reinterpret those classic Kirby monsters, and some of them were just terrifying. And so to take those sor- that source material and reinvent them in a new way, it's what has been set in stone for decades and characters who've been around for decades, the way you can reinvent them. And like what happens with Face Off, you can take these archetypes and reinvent them in so many different ways. And uh, uh, it's amazing the, what, what these people can do. Um, and but speaking of serendipity, you say you're a Marvel fan. You work in special effects. You have are working on Marvel's Agents of Shield. Yeah. So you've gotten to take your love of special effects. You've gotten to take in your love of Marvel, and now you get to to help 
you know, develop new characters or bring things that we might have seen in comic books before and interpret them for the screen. Uh, so can you just talk about your work on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Oh, yeah, I'd love to, man. Like, that's the, that's the kind of call. Like, I, of course, we're, you're busy doing a billion different things, and um, just as a... F- my fandom has, has never subsided or eroded because I work in the industry professionally. So while I'm busy doing all this stuff, I'm like, I'm running out to consume anything... MCU, so like Marvel films, and like I'm just a very geek. I don't know if everyone has this yet, but in LA, like Uber geek, um, they refer to them as squids. Like th- that, you get ink everywhere, and you're freaking out so hard, you're <laughs> right, squidding okay, out. Yeah. So I'm like squid level fan <laughs> yeah. of Marvel stuff. And like uh, I remember um, getting this phone call. I desperately wanted to work on some of the Marvel films. Yeah. I'm looking at stuff going, that's so rad. And then uh, I get this call, and it's for S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And I thought, oh, man. And I, I go in, and I, they probably talk to other people. They usually do. And, <laughs> right. And so it's a bit of a competition. You go in, and th- they had come up with this idea. Um, I don't even know that we were calling them inhuman, that I was being told they were inhumans yet. Right. And uh, it was Reyna. So that's the first okay, human yeah. we created. And yeah. there's sort of a metaphorical concept of her becoming the thorn, not the rose. And so I sat with uh, the incredible uh, Jeff Bell, um, Jed Whedon, and Marissa, and um, and uh, Jeff Loeb, who's okay, one of the, yeah. the heads of Marvel Everything. Head of television, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, Jeff and I had the pleasure of working together on Heroes for years. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know Jeff very well. And they brought me into this room, and it was just a couple people. And they kind of went, here's the idea. And I'm like losing, I'm just so excited. Like, oh my God, I've got all these. And I take my phone out, and I start pulling up other makeups that immediately sprung to mind yeah. just to sort of lay a groundwork conceptually for where I would go with it. And I think I was only, I, I was, I think they just wanted me to get out of the room. I was geeking out so hard. <laughs> sure, sure. Take so the like job. Just stop minutes, talking. Like, sure, yeah. you got it. Get yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go build the stuff. And that's how, that's how I ended up. I, I think the, the passion and commitment to the, how much I love this stuff was a huge part as, as to why I got to do it. And uh, then once we built her, which is a pretty quick turnaround, um, we knew everyone. We were just so happy working together, and I was there next to them, geeking out, watching her go and screen the first time next to the monitors. Right. So, like, it's just been such an incredible experience. So she was a rich. So there are originals, right? Um, and the entire time, and I don't. Of course, you don't discuss this publicly. Like, I get who Kyle MacLachlan is, but yeah. I, I'm not like going to ask. Hey, can I? So I'm just waiting for them to tell me that he's going to please let him transform. Yeah, Hyde was all over those '90s Spidey Ghost yep, Rider, yep. and uh, and then finally that call comes. Yeah, on, on him? Are you kidding? Dude, <laughs> I'm, I'm just drop the phone and just drive in. Yeah. yeah. Incredible, incredible. It's that once-in-a-lifetime opportunity where you're just overjoyed to, to be working on this stuff. And So then that, that kind of brings us up to this. There's been uh, several original things. There's some stuff we're doing now which you can't talk about. But, of course, the big bad this season is the incredible Lash. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that guy, uh, Matt Willard, plays him. Such a cool dude. Like, and, just, and he is, I believe, 15 feet tall? Yeah, <laughs> just about. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a massive, massive guy. It takes three people to get his makeup on in a timely fashion. And what a cool guy to work with. Like, right. So nice and so into it. And it's cool. Uh, uh, the actors that we're working with on this show, I mean, we talk about Kyle. He transforms mentally as you're applying the makeup, yeah. as does Matt. So he'll start getting into Lash as you go and the more the stuff goes on. Really? By the time he walks out, he's full-on method like, not Matt Willigan. Yeah. This guy's an ex, very accomplished 
uh, football player, NFL player, and uh, what an amazing actor. I'm so glad that his career led him to the place where he got to do this right. as well because he, he really is an, an amazing performer. And, um, man, he plays the role so well. And you, you get this stuff on him, and people on set were, were physically shirking away from him when he, when he came out of the trailer and yeah. still do after yeah. he played several times. So Lash is, is one of the more literal translations. But because we had something to work with on that, I, I wanted to find a way to physically realize the character as close to what we see on the page right. as possible, but to make him not – I didn't want him to look like an anime character. Not that I don't love that aesthetic. I do, and I love cosplay. And, but everything has a place and a, and a, a certain tonality. And, and to fit into that world and to be as scary as we needed him to be, it was all about figuring out how to translate. And so as Spikes – which, depending on which artist you look at and which issue, yeah. Um, instead of like a hard, fibrous material or, or like you know like a shell, we went with like dreads of hair, but it's it's actual horse hair from hides. Oh, really? That they yeah. make these giant mohawk things wow. out of, like Mad Max kind of things. <laughs> yeah, that's what those are. Max, they're giant horse hair. Really? Yeah. yeah. So we took those hides and, and then just dressed the hair and, and used various materials to make it so stiff that they appear as rigid spikes. But in reality, not only functionally, they allow them to like bump into stuff and they kind of bend, but yeah. they, they give the exact silhouette. Yeah. So very much, I mean, there are frames of Lash that you could take from the show. Right. And then look match, at a panel. Just overlay of and the that panel, the yeah. Goal. There's so many of the hallmark fundamental um, subforms, primary forms, and tertiary forms present from the drawing on his makeup. That there are shots that it it, it matches pretty literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it looks incredible. And I'm sure uh, the the better you do when it comes to designing that one character, then it's not as much acting for everyone else who's. In the They're scene. scared of him. They, they, yeah, that yeah, they can just yeah, look yeah. at him and and know what his name is and try to address him by name. But just to see something like that in person, I'm sure is is a tremendous uh, uh, bonus for all these actors to have. It is awesome. It's awesome. And uh, we, we talked a little bit, or, or you brought up cosplay, and just even so much more in the last few years. You know, people have always dressed up like their favorite characters. But there has never been a culture for cosplay like there is now with both access to materials and just with social media where people can see other cosplayers and develop their own costumes. Uh, are there any cosplays that you've ever wanted to dress up as? Have you ever uh, – are, are there any Marvel characters that you've considered, I really want to bring this character to life for myself personally? Well, let's start at the beginning. So <laughs> when I used to dress up to go to a horror convention, it yeah. was very weird. Like, you're definitely – you had to be really weird to do it, right? Because, <laughs> right. like, even the horror cons, there's definitely some unique individuals there. And then people like myself who are so deeply into it that you dress up, there'd only be a few people. Right. You know, at a horror convention, there'd be a handful, 10, 12 people yeah. dressed up. So, uh, yeah, I was doing that in the – I would guess mid eighties. Oh yeah, yeah, way before like people just didn't really dress up yet. Um, so I love, I love that that cosplay has become a thing um, where it allows fans to engage with the source material in a way that is beyond simply adulation for it. Like you, you can, if you feel like you want to 
express yourself creatively. There's now an avenue to do that. And that said, um, I recently, just a, f- a few weeks ago, months something, um, got to judge at the Blizzard. Oh right, yeah, yeah. BlizzCon, right? Yeah. So the so um, the level, right? <laughs> I can imagine, cosplay, yeah. And not a f- not three people. The overall level is it's captivating. You're looking at it going, oh my god! So cosplay around the world, whether it's video game or comic book or horror cosplay, what they're doing is they're standing on one another's shoulders, and there is uh, an exponentially accelerated rate of learning due to shared knowledge so they're doing youtube videos and right sharing yeah them. so like you're at a, at a show like i just was and you're seeing people with weapons that are eight ten foot long that are cast out of clear year of things with intrinsic led lighting like that is an extraordinarily advanced and complex process and there's tons of people doing it and doing it well where there's no seams on it the lighting is exactly candid in the middle of the resin and you're just like just a few years ago that was professional level only, right, yeah. and you guys are doing it just as good as anyone else would do. And you're doing it at home, and you're walking around in it for multiple day. days. This isn't just for a photo shoot or to shoot a movie. This is you. This needs to be functional. You're wearing this. You need to be able to go to the bathroom. You need to be able to eat. Yeah. all day long. It's just it's great. And and not only like you said in the '80s at horror conventions. Sure, you had a handful of people. It is now so popular that a facet of all these conventions is cosplay competition. Absolutely. That it's it's not only just wow, there's so many more, it's integral to that that community that that you see these characters whether it be on the screen or in books and you connect so closely with these characters that you take them from the page, fully physically embody them and then spend a few days as that character taking photos of people it's there's been a few things that have happened like the advent of uh, warbler is now so popular which is a thermoplastic you can heat it and bend it and it right. allows people to do hard shell forms that are thin and it can rebuttress it or thicken it with some padding behind it and now instead of sculpting molding fabricating seaming painting you can get a form up really quickly so a lot of the the, the people that were out there doing video game armor and stuff sort of pioneered that and now it's being used for you you see just awesome versions of, like, I don't know what you'd call Storm's 90s-style cape. They're just sort of like tendrils just <laughs> right. coming off the back of Mr. Sinister. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. People are nailing exactly how you do it if you were shooting it on film. Like, yeah. It would be an approach similar to that. And, um, it, it's just incredible. So there's also a few schools out there. Like, online, there's the Noman School of Visual Arts, which is incredible. They do everything from ZBrush digital designs to practical, how to sculpt, how to make molds. When I was learning... You had Tom Savini's two books. Dick Smith has an incredible right. book. And then there was an old stage makeup sort of Bible called Richard Corson Stage Makeup. That was it. And you sat in your basement and you did it wrong until you, you did until it Until you right. did it right, yeah. Um, and today, uh, within you know just a few months between the available videos that you can go on and download and then watch repeatedly, uh, whether it's Nomen or uh, Stan Winston's son, Matt runs the Stan Winston School – those aren't just demos. Those are the best people on the planet at what they do, showing you how they do that thing. Right. And it's just like it's there for the taking. And it's, 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 it, that is what is behind this accelerated exponential 
growth of, of talent and There's accomplishment. Yeah, so good now, and I, it's so cool. Like I never thought that the geeks would win, man. I never, I never thought we'd win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. Thought for sure that we could come out on we top. Were a yeah, doomed species, and now it's uh, it's just everywhere, and it's so exciting. It's such a it's a cool time to be alive. Are there uh, are there any personal favorite Marvel characters that not even necessarily like for Agents of Shield or for the cinematic universe? Are there any characters that you would love to bring to life, to to design, develop, and have right there in front of you? Oh man, yeah, I'd I'd love to work with. Uh, again, I'm such a fan of the X Force characters. Yeah, um, I'd love to re envision some of uh, Ghost Rider had such an amazing. Um, sort of villains gallery. Yeah. And, and I do very much hope to work on some of these films in the near future. Right now, uh, I am not a part of this. The thing I'm most excited about is Doctor Strange. Because Doctor Strange has always been one of my favorite things forever. Yeah. Especially the 90s version. <laughs> right. And, and, and then when you see a casting decision made like that, that could That's not so perfect. be more yeah. right. You kind of, like, I'm freaking out over that. I just cannot wait to see what they do with those characters. And to answer your earlier question, if I, at this point in my life, I think um, a younger, thinner me may have been more adventurous, <laughs> but uh, now I think maybe an old man Logan. Okay. If I, if yeah. I had to do it, grow the chops out. Oh, absolutely. Get some claws yeah. and, and maybe a, a cigar butt to chew on in a yeah. final. And, and what's, uh, you know, you say, you can uh, talk about Doctor Strange that, Five years ago, there would be that many fewer people who are even familiar with Doctor Strange. Mm. That there is now a multi-million Doctor Strange movie coming out starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Tilda Swinton and directed by Scott Derrickson. Showing us something we have never seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe before. And that's just kind of, oh, that's just one of the movies that we're making. It's enough to hold me over for like a decade. I could just geek out about that. And you see the cover with him on it. It's just like that is quite literally perfect. There's One of the greatest things about the MCU is that so many superhero attempts in the past, multiple books, multiple studios, there's always this idea that, you have to reinvent it. And so you immediately take a beloved character and an IP, and, and instead of m- making its integrity the most important, what becomes the most important thing is making sure that it's not that, that whoever's working on the film, each person's put their fingerprint on it. Right. And somewhere along the line, Marvel went, no, no, no. It's very important that we present the characters <laughs> yeah. to the fan base as they are, just realized in a physical world. And that's, and that's why... It's the most successful comic universe on film ever because they, they care about the integrity and they care about the fans and what we think and feel about it. So, um, yes, it's an exciting thing to be a part of. It's an exciting thing to watch as a fan. And uh, I would love to see, a, you know, for me, a Mysterio yeah. or a Chameleon, which oh, we yeah. haven't seen yet. Like those, I'm a huge Spidey fan. So, um, and, and Vulture, you know, we have it. Those are three killer characters i'd love to play around with how you bring that to life particularly mysterio yeah yeah and it's i i I mean i i still just can't get over like you think of a year and a half ago like even july of 2014 you ask anyone on the street oh so do you know who rocket raccoon is do you know (laughs) who star lord is no one's going to have any idea, and as long as we tap into someone like James Gunn, who has this imagination from trauma and like his experiences to build this other world, and that you know was the the biggest movie of that year, and so now we get to have someone like 
Scott Derrickson uh, doing Doctor Strange, who's been involved with horror, you know, doing Sinister and doing Deliver Us from Evil, that he's going to be putting some twisted, dark stuff I can't wait in for it. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Strange. And, of course, like, going back to, to, to like, Blade Two and having Guillermo del Toro direct that, we got to see some darker elements of, you know, the Marvel Universe. But I, I got to work on that. that. That's before I owned a shop. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. I, I, I saw uh, that, yeah. Backgrounds, yeah, like the lead uh, Reaper dudes were handled by this oh, really? incredibly talented team. And then there's so many of them. Yeah. So there's a group of us that were just like seeming and painting on, on all the Reaper heads. And back then I was freaking out like, oh, my God, this is a Marvel film. And yeah. That was sort of the beginning of it. That, that was right. Uh, Absolutely, when yeah. When things started to get interesting. There, there's also um, – I hope they go back because Blade's part of that Midnight Suns, um, and I think I personally, as a fan, think that that whole world should be fleshed out. I'd love to see Adam Warlock. I'd love yeah. to see another version of Blackout and, and some of the Ghost Rider uh, villains and Lilith and there's all that stuff is so yeah. cool. And hopefully, I'm sure Strange is going to be incredible. I'm sure it's going to open. New doorways, not only mentally, but <laughs> yeah, interdimensional speaking. doorway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and hopefully they'll explore that dark corner of the Marvel universe more. That's super cool stuff. Yeah, and even even seeing that uh, uh, one of our animated series featured like Blade and Werewolf by Night, oh. and like w- we get to explore these things in so many different avenues. So Werewolf by Night might not be getting a feature film in the next couple of years. But there are just so many characters that we can kind of touch upon, see how people connect with those characters, and then who knows? Maybe they get their own spinoff or get to see them make an appearance in a, a one-shot or on screen somewhere. Or all just I would love to work on and be a part of and watch uh, just the MCU Marvel monster universe. Exactly, yeah. You know, where – you're working with Werewolf by Night and Dracula, and because they're that stuff's awesome. That yeah, 60s, 70s monster stuff is incredible. The covers alone are all you need to look at. Yeah, so yeah. You can see how awesome it is. Uh, uh, and, and I'm sure we could go on and on oh, for, for for quite some time. Weeks, yeah. uh, <laughs> but but before we sign off uh, with season ten uh, of Face Off, what can fans what can uh, fans who've watched previous seasons What's going to be new for them or for people who've never even watched the show? Why should they be tuning in to season 10? What makes season 10 so uh, new and exciting? Well, I, th- I think that um, the producers really make sure that they learn from each season's experiences. What can we do to uh, make it cooler, to make it more immersive, to make it more rewarding both for the artist and for the audiences at home? So we've got some absolutely killer guests Um bring some really cool twists to challenges but also the the new way that we do finale where um and, and i think we're all right to talk about this because of nine uh, <laughs> uh this new format where they actually get to shoot their stuff and see it edited to when we that happened the first time just recently right i thought that that's it that's a new zenith that's a new level of excitement for the audience and for the contestants. It's so rewarding for them to see something put together and shot and, and how that whole process works and seeing it lit beyond what we do in a normal finale. We've had some killer finales, the Vegas yeah. finale. Yeah. You know, that's incredible that, that we were at Lorev and, and they were working on a live water yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, what, 200 feet tall? <laughs> uh, Nothing uh, yeah. is as cool as doing what we do 
for we're, real on a professional level right. every day. And 10 takes that to the next level because 9 really? is the beginning of that idea. Yeah. This is all that and, and, and more. It just gets cooler in terms of how deep they can go creatively and, and what the payoff is at the end. And especially since they're, uh, again, just kind of talking about technology and technological advances, that there are so many opportunities for people to go buy a camera and shoot their creations, put it on YouTube, and gain a following by making fan films. So the fact that uh, the show's now incorporating that film, that cinematic element, is just such a natural progression of the series, I think. It is, and, and the contestants are coming off and, and becoming so good so fast now. So uh, another interesting thing has happened in that I, I kind of remember at the beginning of this and its inception going, how will we ever find enough contestants to keep doing this show? Because each season we need so many people. <laughs> like how many talented new How many can there be? Yeah. are there that can sculpt and design and make their own molds? And it's like it's just – it's. It's now become infinite because people from watching the earlier seasons of the show who have uh, a penchant for the artistic have focused those efforts myopically on makeup effects. And so they've become contestants by watching the show. That's awesome. The the amount of uh, having watched all these seasons now, the amount of uh, contestants who introduce themselves by saying – oh, I was just doing this, and then my friend showed me this show face-off, and I thought, hey, maybe I should try out for that. Or I worked at haunted houses in the middle of Illinois, and I thought I could do this. It's amazing because it's inspiring so many people to get their hands dirty, to create art, to create monsters, to do special effects, and unlock something that they never knew that they had. And they train for the show. They come on knowing how it works, how, how little time. And it's, it's almost a, a, like a hybrid specialty skill set to be able to do it in a couple days and to do everything yourself. And um, us, and you see it not very often. A UFC is similar. We're the guys that are the best fighters in the world now grew up watching right. this particular form of mixed martial arts. And it's very much the same with Face off. Yeah. It, it's almost like a, a mix in MMA of makeup where they, they've, they've trained themselves. Because traditionally, people who are really good sculptors may not paint, or really good painters may not sculpt. Some do, but m- most of those guys may not be the greatest lab techs or, or, or vice versa. What it, people have m- more specified skill sets, whereas the contestants are coming on now and have cross trained themselves yeah. to be able to jump back and forth on all their own design. That's incredible. So now we're creating a new breed of new makeup effects artists. That's rad. It, it's And I, as a fan, I cannot support the show enough because it is just such a positive environment. You get to see s- these people accomplish so much in such a short amount of time. Uh, if you're an artist, if you just like monster movies or monster makeup, anything like that, highly recommend seeing these people take their concepts and bring them to real life in just a matter of days. Uh, and that, of course, uh, season 10 of Face Off is airing Wednesday nights at 9. And any episodes you've missed, you can go to sci-fi.com slash faceoff. As long as, you've, as long as you pay for cable, you need to sign up for cable. You're, I'm not going to run down all the local cable affiliates that you could possibly sign up for. You know how to do that. Uh, so check out Face Off Wednesday nights at 9. And where can fans find you uh, online? Twitter, Facebook? Both, yeah. Twitter, um, which is just Glenn underscore Hetrick. Uh, Facebook under my real name. And uh, the Alchemy Studios website is now up as well.
Great. Uh, so make sure to follow Glenn, see all the things that he's creating. And that's going to do it for me. Thanks for tuning in. This is Marvel, your universe.